Hastening back to his men, some twenty or thirty in number, he cried out that he had found a chance to turn the enemy and called for volunteers. Ten or a dozen soldiers jumped up at once and were soon crawling with him behind a wall when they came under an entire company under Captain, now General, Horace Brooks, making their way cautiously in the bottom of a ditch. Grant at once cried out, Captain, I've found a way to flank the enemy. And Brooks replied, Well, you know the way. Go on, we'll follow you. So the lieutenant led, and the whole party, now fifty in number, assaulted the parapet, carried it by storm, and took the enemy in rear. The Mexican fled at once from the position, no longer tenable, and the work was carried. The party was now on the direct road to the Garita San Cosme, one of the strongest entrances to the city of Mexico, whose spires and turrets were distinctly visible. They soon struck another parapet, this one defended by a cannon. Grant again advanced at the head of his little column, by this time a hundred and fifty strong, and the second parapet was carried. But they were now directly under the guns of the city, and Brooks, who had assumed command by virtue of seniority, declared he could not hold the position unless he was reinforced. Grant was therefore sent back to Worth to ask for troops, and had hardly left when the command was given pell-mell from the parapet. He soon, however, found the division general, and fresh troops were at once sent forward. A little to the right of the parapet was a rickety village church with a steeple a hundred feet high. Toward this, Grant led a section of artillery, dragging a mountain howitzer by hand across the ditches, of which the country is full. He found the priest and demanded the keys, which the father at first was unwilling to yield, but Grant soon convinced him of the necessity of surrender. The howitzer was quickly taken to pieces, and four or five men carried it to the belfry, while Grant disposed the remainder of his force so as to secure the church from easy capture. Then he mounted the steeple and served and pointed the gun himself, and before long the enemy was driven a second time from the parapet. The gun was now directed upon the city, and the confusion of the Mexicans could be plainly seen as they huddled in fright behind their walls. Worth soon perceived the shells issuing from this novel position and the effect they were producing on the enemy. He sent for Grant, congratulated him, and placed an entire company with a captain under his command. Thus reinforced, the lieutenant returned to his steeple with another howitzer and reopened fire. That night the Garita San Cosme surrendered, and in the morning the city of Mexico was in the hands of the Americans. For this exploit, undertaken without orders, by a lieutenant with no legitimate command, and obliged therefore to gather up men and weapons on the field, Grant was mentioned in all the dispatches and received a second brevet within five days after the first. At the close of the war he returned to the United States, and in 1848 he was married. In 1852 he was ordered to Oregon by way of California. Life was rough then on the Pacific coast, and his wife was left behind. The route was by sea to the Isthmus of Panama, and during the passage of the Isthmus the cholera broke out. Grant was again acting quartermaster. The Panama Railroad at this time extended only thirty miles from the Atlantic, after which boats were taken up the Chagres River to the head of navigation. From this point the troops were to march to the Pacific about thirty miles farther, but the steamship company had contracted to furnish mules or horses for the sick, and for the wives and children of the soldiers. There were, however, several hundred passengers beside the soldiers, and when the cholera appeared a panic followed. The passengers offered higher prices to the natives than the company had agreed to pay, and thus secured all the animals, leaving absolutely none for the soldiers and their families. 
The troops marched on, but Grant was left behind with the sick and the women and children, who were unable to walk under the July sun of the tropics. He remained a week in entire command, caring for the sick and the dying, burying the dead, controlling the half-hostile Indians, and struggling to procure transportation. During all this while, he never took off his clothes, and only snatched rare intervals of sleep, stretched on a bench or under a shed, exposed to the miasma of the rank forest and the swamp. Finally, as the agents of the steamship company failed entirely in their duty, Grant took upon himself the responsibility of making a new contract in their name. He hired mules and litters at prices double those that the company had agreed to pay, he engaged Indians to bury the dead, and after seven days took up his march for the Pacific.